Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Well, you can find yourself somewhere in the Bible, Mark 11:24. I'm sure you could. <clears throat> Mark 11:24. That'll probably be our first scripture reference. We'll just touch it lightly. Our Father, we thank you for your word and for the Spirit of God that will unveil to us life, light, and love. And the glory of God that we may walk therein in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, we said and made some statements about faith. We said that faith speaks. Faith believes. And faith acts. Isn't that right? Faith speaks. Faith believes. And faith acts. Well, faith believes. Or let's start with speaks. Faith speaks what? What does it speak? It speaks the word. What does it believe? Where does it believe the word? Faith believes the word in the heart. And then we said that faith, of course, is an act. Corresponding actions have to go along with your faith or your faith will be dead. Because James says, faith without works is dead being alone. Or as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without corresponding actions also is what? Is dead. So, in other words, even though you may have faith, it won't work. It won't work. It's dead, dormant, not going to be effective. It won't work. It won't work, see, if there's no corresponding action to go along with your faith. Now, Mark 11 24, we're just going to use it for an example. And uh, you remember we said that if it speaks the word, if it believes the word, if it acts upon the word, then I've got to know what the Word says. I've got to know what the Word is telling me and dictating to me so that I could speak it, so I could believe it, so I could act upon it. This is just an example, let's say, in prayer that I think a lot of people are, are missing because they just don't understand the principles, I guess, that, you know, belong to faith. This is the prayer of faith. Now, he said, Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray. Now, remember, he said when you pray. So you could say this, Jesus said, when I pray, I'm to do this. So faith in God is merely faith in His Word. Right? Speak the Word, believe the Word in your heart, and then act upon the Word or be a doer of the Word. I like the way James said it. He said in James 1, 20, 22 there, he said, be doers or actors, doers of the Word. And to some people that's so difficult. But what does it mean to do the Word? Well, if I said... Uh, you know, brother so-and-so, would you go and do them windows? Well, then what would, it, what would he do? If I said go wash them windows or go paint that wall over there, well, you just do what, what was said to do. He said, just go wash the window. Just go paint the house. Go paint the Whatever he said to do, do. See, that's what faith is. That's so simple. We've been struggling and trying to get faith, and we didn't realize that the Bible told us we have the God kind of faith. Because we went back to the Gospels and didn't read them in its proper light. We heard Jesus say 
If you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could speak to this mountain. And someone back there said, well, I wish I had the faith. Oh, I wish I had that kind of faith. But over here in the Pauline Revelation, Paul said to us in Romans 12, chapter verse 3, Every man has been dealt the measure of, not the mustard seed faith. Well, we could say it in a sense, but the God kind of faith. Over there in Galatians 2.20, Paul said, uh, I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. <laughs> I'm not trying to get faith. The struggle for faith is over. It's ended. You know why? I have it. Say that with me. I have the God kind of faith. I'm not trying to get it. I have it. It's mountain moving faith. There it is. Now I can develop it. But you see, people are saying, if I could just get more faith. Well, listen, you have the God kind of faith. You could speak to their mountains. Faith speaks. Faith believes. Faith acts. You know, uh, if I was at home, I'd say, Lisa, run upstairs and get my Bible. Well, if she acted on my word, what would she do? She'd go upstairs and get my Bible. Isn't that right? Jesus said, now this is in prayer. This is very simple. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray... Believe. Well, believe what? It speaks something. It believes something. It acts on something. Well, believe what? Jesus said, believe that you receive. At the time of prayer. And what happened? You shall have it. So what do I do? Just as Lisa went upstairs and got the Bible and came and gave it back to me, I say, Father, I take you at your word. I need $100. I believe. I believe. Listen to these words. I believe. In the subject of prayer, Jesus just said, when you're praying, believe something. Believe you receive. So, I don't try to believe I receive. I don't wish I could believe I receive. I guess I'm just, you know, naive enough to say, well, if Jesus just said, believe I receive it, Father, I thank you that I receive $100 right now. And let the, let the fire be lit underneath your feet. You've got to believe that from your heart. See, I believe I receive $100. Then say it. Faith speaks. And then act like it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I received $100. Well, where is it? Brother, he said, believe you receive it. I believe I receive it. I didn't write the laws that pertain to faith. I didn't write the prayer of faith. Jesus wrote the prayer of faith. And Jesus said, when you're praying, no, no matter what, what thing soever you desire. What do you desire? Well, Father God, I desire healing in my body. What thing soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Father, I'm asking you right now to heal my body. I believe I receive my healing. That's what faith believes. I believe I receive it. When do you believe you receive it? Well, it's 7.30 on this day, this Wednesday evening, December the what? 9th, 1981. 
I believe I receive my healing. Faith speaks, faith believes, and then faith acts like it. You to act like it. See, that's what faith does. Faith is that simple. You have faith. You've been born again, you have faith. Faith is in you. Now, we need to know that faith is of the Spirit. Faith is of the recreated human spirit. You see, when you got born again, the God kind of faith was given to you inside your spirit. It is a product of the recreated human spirit. I'm not trying to get it. I have it. When I got born again, I got filled with the love of God also. Isn't that right? The love of God was shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to get love. I'm not trying to get love. I want to put the struggle away of us trying to walk in love and, and walk by faith. No more struggle. I'm not trying to walk by faith. I'm not, you see, I don't, you can't try to walk by faith. You have faith. You've got the God kind of faith. All you've got to do is just realize that I have that kind of faith. Then speak it, believe it, and act upon it. See, that's what he was talking about, Paul, when he said to put on the new man. How do I put on that new man? I take what God said I am. Well, let me say something right now. If you're going to go by your, your mind, you're not going to believe it. If you're going to go by your feelings, you may not believe it. But I said faith is a product of the what? Of the recreated. See, the, 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 natural, the natural man does not, all men do not have faith. We're talking about revelation knowledge faith. All men do not have that. Paul clearly said that in 1 Thessalonians, I believe, or 2 Thessalonians, 3rd chapter. All men do not have faith. Now, they have sense. We call sense knowledge faith. There is sense knowledge faith. There's revelation knowledge faith. You know, sense knowledge faith is faith in the things of this world. Faith that pertain to the senses. Knowledge that comes into the senses. You can have that. Everybody has that kind of uh, faith. But we're talking about revelation knowledge faith. Revealed knowledge. Knowledge that's revealed to us through the Word of God. Revelation knowledge faith comes. Faith comes into your spirit the moment you're born again. Say that again. I have God's faith. It's in my spirit now. I'm not trying to get it. I have it and I can use it. See, you can use it against mountains of adversity. You can use it against sickness and disease. You can use it against anything. You can use it, Jesus said, that faith to, to get anything you desire. What, what things ever you desire when you pray, just believe that you receive. But there's something you've got to believe. I said, what are you supposed to speak? What are you supposed to believe? And what he's supposed to act on? The Word. Well, faith then cannot go beyond God's Word. Now think about that. There are people that are out there in no man's land. They're off into some gray areas trying to believe something that the Word does not promise them. When they hear this thing, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. When someone says, well, how about if I were to believe for uh, 10,000 oil wells? You can't give me a scripture that says God promised you 10,000 oil wells. But if you had faith to believe it, you could, but you don't need it. And that's just being ridiculous when people start to say like that. Well, what if I, I could believe this and I could believe that? The Bible says what things soever you desire. But Jesus also said and clarified himself when he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, faith in God is faith in his word. His word promised you certain things. So I can exercise faith... You see, only by my knowledge of God's Word. Now, if I need anything that pertains to life and godliness, He has it. He's got it for me. All I got to do is ask. If He tells me, if I, like I said, if I need financial aid, I can get it. 
If I need a place to live, I can get it. No matter what it is that I need, I can get it by faith. As long as God promised, promised me inside His Word that I can have it, well, then you see, I can have it. If I need healing in my body, I can get it by my faith. Now, I said, I think before we closed last time, <clears throat> that the primary use of your faith is to grow up spiritually. Did you remember that? The primary use of your faith is to have a close relationship with the Father God. In other words, to grow and to develop spiritually. The more you grow and develop spiritually, you see, the more you grow up in the Him, the closer you walk with Him, the closer you walk to healing, the less you'll need healing. The closer you walk in love, the more you walk in love, you see, you won't have to be praying and say, well, I, for forgiveness, because you'll be walking in love all the time. You know, there's a statement that I heard one, that I read that one fellow said, and I just read it and I said, I know it's true and I know, I, I know it's true, but, but for the natural mind to comprehend it, I says, dear God, I said, that's so, so powerful that it's almost hard to believe if you had to go by sense knowledge. He said, the man that walks in love never sins. Never. Think about it. He that walketh in love, he that abideth in love, abideth in, in what? In who? Never sins. You know over there in First John where it says, uh, Whosoever is born of God sinneth not because the seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. When you're walking in the love of God, when you're walking in the Spirit, you can't walk in sin. You can't walk in darkness. When you walk in the light, you're not walking in darkness. Darkness is sin. Light is the glory of God. When I walk in the light of God's Word, I'm not walking in sin. Well, that's a thought, isn't it? If I could develop my faith in the, in the area of love to where I could walk in love, I could walk in God, I walk free from sin. Who? Powerful. Just to think about that is powerful. Well, since God is a spirit, and since man is a spirit, since faith is of the spirit, everything you need from God, now remember, we said that Man is a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a body. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in a body. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. We said reasoning is the voice of the mind. We said that feeling is the voice of the body. God is a spirit, you are a spirit. Faith is of the spirit. When you need something from God, it comes by the way of the spirit. Now listen, it comes in the form of a seed in your heart, in your spirit. Anything you need or you receive from God comes into your spirit. You know when it comes? The moment you pray. Let's get beyond the senses. Let's put away the senses for a minute. I'm a spirit. God's a spirit. Father, I'm asking you for such and such. The seed. The moment I ask, it's in my heart. Isn't that right? The moment I ask, I'm a spirit. God, You know what the problem lies, beloved, with believers today? They don't know how to get it from the Spirit into this physical world. Because they don't understand faith. It's in your spirit. The moment you prayed, it was in your spirit. God's a spirit, you're a spirit. The moment you prayed, let's say for that healing, it came into, this, into your spirit. The moment you prayed it, the word was planted. The moment you asked, the seed came. If you were to take time to develop that, and I'm going to show you by the word, 
what I'm talking about, to get it to the outward man by faith, it would be produced from the spirit into the outward being, into this world. No matter what it is, if you need finances, uh, no matter what the amount is, if you, if you really need finances and you've developed your spirit man, the moment you pray, that seed, that seed that could bear the fruit to help you in your financial need is in your spirit. If you were to understand how this works, if you were to receive it into your spirit by faith, and if you were to guard it or to protect it, that word, that seed that's inside your spirit, it will eventually be made manifest into this natural world. I don't care what it, the healing is in your body that you need. I don't care what the financial <clears throat> assistance is that you need. If you'll learn how to get it from your spirit to the outward man, there'll never be a time that you pray and ask God for something that it wouldn't be manifest in your life. Look at Luke's Gospel, the 11th chapter. The 11th chapter. <clears throat> verse 33. Now we could talk, we're going we're gonna to use uh, salvation or eternal life as a basis for our study. But it is applicable to every other area in your life, whether it be healing, whether it be finances, no matter what it is. If you can understand how salvation works, you can understand how faith works for anything. 33rd verse. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a, in a sacred place, neither under a bushel but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Let's back up. All right. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In verse 33 there. No man, when he lighteth the candle, he puts it in a secret place or under a bushel. The spirit of man is the what? The candle of the Lord. Now, he lights our spirits. The spirit of man is the candle. The light and the life and the love of God has come into my spirit. He did not light our spirits so that they could be hid under a secret place or under a bushel. And he went on to explain to you what that secret place or that bushel was. Well, he said, when thine eye... Let's look at verse 34. The light of the what? Body is the what? Now, he's talking about your understanding. He's talking about your understanding. The light of the body is the eye, the understanding. When your understanding is single, the whole body is full of what? All right, now listen. You've got the light in your spirit. The entrance of thy word giveth what? All right, now, your mind, which is your understanding, you have got to understand how the word works. When your eye becomes single, here's an example. You've got symptoms of something in your body, okay. And uh, the word says, himself took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses. That's what the word says. Well, your understanding, you see, it's, it, your reasoning is telling you, yes, but don't you feel that in your body? Don't you know that you're sick? Don't you feel that? Can't you, can, you know, in the feelings, the voice of the body is feeling. I feel sick. My reasoning tells me the word says I'm healed, but my body says I'm sick. I got two voices. If your mind is double, double-minded... 
you're listening to your body, you're listening to the Word, then your body is full of what? Darkness. You know, there's no healing that ever came out of darkness for your body. You following me? You didn't get it from your spirit to your body because you were double-minded. But, when the mind is single on God's Word, the light of the body is the eye, the understanding. Okay. Now, let me share something with you in, in... Keep that thought. Share something with you in Matthew 13. Go back to Matthew 13. Verse 23. If you're going to speak the word, if you're going to believe the word, if you're going to act upon the word, you're going to have to do something with your understanding. Your understanding. All right, now listen to this. In the close of all this parable in all three chapters, we're going to look at something that's here. Verse 23, 13, 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground, all right, the heart, is he that heareth the word and does what? All right, if your understanding be what? Single upon the word. He receives, he hears the word and he does what with the word? He understands the word. He hears the word. Faith cometh by hearing. He understands the word. Okay, I understand that the word says... Whatever it says. By your stripes I'm healed. My God supplieth all my need. I know that. I understand that. I know how it works. Jesus said, just act upon that work. Believe I receive and I shall have. I know the Word says that. I understand that. Mark 4. Look at Mark 4, verse 20. Okay? And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and what? Understand it. Receive it. Then Luke 8, 15. Uh, you don't have to turn it if you don't want to. But in Luke's account, he said, you keep it. That word keep means to guard or protect it. Alright, listen. Listen intently now. To bring whatever you need, no matter what it is, wisdom. You want to put an end to, wisdom, to you walking in wisdom? Jesus Christ has been made unto you wisdom. Let's put away this. James, I'll tell you what. James, now listen when I say it. James, in his fifth chapter, was talking to babes. And he's sick, sick among you. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, knowing with all prayer, faith, shall save the sick, and the Lord raise him up, etc., etc. Well, you know, that's the lowest form. He also said, if any of you lack wisdom. Didn't he say that? Now listen. Let him ask of God. Okay, that's for the person who's a babe in Christ that doesn't really know, doesn't know what? That Jesus Christ has been made unto me wisdom. I don't ask God for wisdom. I thank Him that He is my wisdom. That's acting on the Word. Jesus Christ is my wisdom. He's been made unto me wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Isn't that what it says? 
The spiritual man knows that Jesus Christ has been made unto me wisdom. He is my wisdom. You know where that wisdom's at? Right here in my spirit. Oh, I've got the wisdom of God in my innermost being. When my mind, when my understanding becomes single on that word, and I stop saying, I just don't understand. I just can't seem to understand this Bible. I just don't know what to do when this happens. I don't know what to do. When you stop talking like that and being double-minded and start saying, I can handle every situation I come up against because Jesus Christ is my wisdom. I walk in the very wisdom of God. You know what's going to happen? The light that's in your spirit will give illumination unto your mind and your body will react. There are those that are in, in, in the church world today. They're trying to get righteous. I mean, born again believers feel unworthy in the presence of the Almighty God. They'll go into the prayer closet and say, oh. the devil will say, don't you remember what you did yesterday? Condemnation will be all over you. You think about what you did for the last two or three weeks. You want to pray the prayer of faith, but you feel like, you feel guilty. You feel condemned. You feel inferior in the presence of God. But beloved, Jesus Christ has been made unto you righteousness. He has been made unto you the ability to stand, now listen, in the presence of the Father God right in front of His throne with no sense of guilt or inferiority to the Father God. The spiritual man says the word, Jesus is my righteousness. But what did you do yesterday? Jesus is my righteousness. My ability to come to the throne of God, my ability to stand in front of the host of the angels and plead my case before God my Father with no sense of being inferior. That's acting on the Word. That's what the Word says. Boy, you're getting pretty. No, that's what the Word says. Does it not say that? That's what it says. He understands it. Then he receives it. Then, now listen, he protects it. You know why you got to protect it? You got to protect it. You've got to protect it. That word key. As a matter of fact, if you'll remember back there in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, where, where uh, he said, he gave you instruction. He said, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, or protect them in the midst of thy heart. Then he said, Do what? Protect the word. Listen, listen carefully. He protect the word in my heart, right? Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them, health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart. Did you see that before? Keep the word in your heart, protect the word in your heart, and protect your heart. You know what he's saying? Protect the word that's in your spirit, okay, by protecting your spirit. From what? Spiritual diseases. Diseases of the Spirit. You know what they are? Doubt. Fear. Worry. Inferiority. Condemnation. Guilt. You walk in the, in the presence of God with condemnation. 
You know what you'll be like? A beggar. You'll shrink in his presence. You know what that does to your faith? It holds it in bondage. You know why the perfect potting soil for the seed of God's word is a heart full of love. Love is also a spiritual force. I want to show you something here. I said to you that, go to, go to Galatians, the fifth chapter, that the primary purpose of your faith is to grow up in Him. The reason why the church hasn't grown up is because they didn't realize how faith works. Now, Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 6, tells us that faith worketh by what? Okay. Faith. And if you, I don't know if you got it, I may have given this once before, but the word worketh means is energized by. Faith is energized by what? Okay. The force that energizes your faith is love. Love. Faith works by love. Faith which worketh by love. Now, if the primary use then of your faith is to grow up into Him, and if it's love that is the energizing force behind our faith, turn to Ephesians. You're close by the fourth chapter. I want you to see something about these two working together. Fourth chapter. Let's just start with verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Even though James wrote and, and said some things in his, his epistle there about, you know, the, those that are babes in Christ, how they can get help, he wants us to grow up. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to see. But, underline these words. Speaking, faith what? Speaks. What does it speak? Speaking the truth in love. The energizing force, when you speak God's word from a heart that is full of love, it is the perfect temperature, it is the perfect potting soil for that word to produce the fruit that you're speaking. But you know, most people did not realize it, and even in today's, it's, it's sad to say, in today's religious circles, even in full gospel circles, you tell a person by the words of their mouth, what they believe in the heart, and they look at you like you're some kind of nut from some another world. How do you grow up? Speaking the word in love will cause you to grow. Speaking the word. Listen, I didn't write the word. If you were to ask me if I had a need of healing in my body, how do you feel? You know what I'd say to you? With all the love in my heart? By his stripes, ye were healed. I love you. 
by his stripes ye were healed. Therefore, by his stripes I am healed. You speak that from your heart in love. It's not up to me to get it to my body. You just keep speaking it and that thing will grow in the perfect climate of love. But, I understand how that works. I receive that seed of healing into my body. But to get it, to, I mean in my heart, to get it to my body, you see, I've got to be single. I've got to protect my, first of all, the seed that's in my heart and protect my heart. I'm going to show you how to do that too by the Word. It'll set you free. But love, you see, if the heart is full of love, I think that's why the Lord knew, you see, when we were born again, the love of God was flooded inside our spirits when we were born again because the, the love of God is the perfect climate for the seed of Jesus Christ, of His Word, to grow and to develop in our being. Now, it's in the Spirit. It's in your Spirit. Every one of you in this place, you, are perf- you have got the, the seed, which is perfect God's Word, inside your Spirit. If you'll protect your Spirit, if you will mature, if you'll grow up by speaking what the Word says, you say, but I don't understand that. Well, see, that's where you're missing it. Someone says, I, I tried that business uh, of believing God that I received my healing. You know, I-, I said that, but I just don't understand it. Well, see, that's what the problem is. If you don't understand it, the first thing he said about the Word is, you've got to understand it. You've got to understand that in my spirit, in your spirit, when you release your faith, you believe you receive, that that seed is starting to grow. You've got to understand that right now. You've got to receive it. You've got to understand it before you pray, all right? Then, receiving it. He receiveth it. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you for my healing. I believe I receive it. I received it. In my spirit right then. Now, what do I do? I, I, I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing speaks the truth in love. How are you feeling today? I believe I receive my healing. I said, how do you feel? I don't walk by feelings. By faith. I don't walk by sight. That's what the Word says. What are you doing, lying? No, I'm speaking the truth in love. I believe I receive my healing. What else do you believe about yourself? I believe I'm more than a conqueror. Why you say? Why you talk like that? I'm speaking the truth in love. What force? I may grow up in Him in all things. I'm not trying to be more than a conqueror. I'm not trying to be one. I am one. Oh, does that make a difference? I'm not trying to have faith. I have it. Whoo! I have mountain moving faith. When I speak to mountains, they go. You say, pain leave, pain leaves. You say, demons come out, demons come out. They must obey. Why? That's the word. Jesus said, I didn't say it. Jesus said, my name, ye shall cast out demons. Didn't he say that? Now, I don't have to try to believe that. You know why? Because he said it. So, I speak the word. I speak the word in love. I want to show you how to give. I want to prove to you that... Love is the energizing force behind your faith. And when you start to meditate on this, this is why people have a bad misconception of God. This is why they don't understand how the Word works. If you'll understand this and follow me through with this, beloved, you'll be floating out of here all the way home. I said faith is energized by love, right? That's what Galatians 5, 6 says. Turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter.
Now, oh, you're gonna, your, your faith is going to be so charged and energized. Oh, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know where to use it first. You want to get it anything that moves and speak to it. I mean to tell you, you will. Now, Ephesians, the second chapter. I, I, did, I'll tell you, I did the same thing back there. I, I practically jumped out of my seat back there and it, and I, when I was meditating on these scriptures. Oh, meditating the Word is great. Second chapter, verse... Four. But God who is rich in mercy for His... Now underline this. Great love wherewith He loved us. His great love wherewith He loved us. God is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Now, Jesus said in John fifteen thirteen how great this love was. Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Love is of the Spirit. Faith is of the Spirit. Faith works by love. When you, get, when you get that love being dominant inside your spirit, your faith will work automatically. All right? He said in that scripture, this great love wherewith he loved us. And I, I read the last part of that and I said, wherewith he loved us. It doesn't say wherewith he loves us. I said... Uh, that's past tense. This great love wherewith He loved us. And then He went on to explain about this great love wherewith He loved us. Even when you were dead in sins and trespasses, I think quicken us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. And made us to sit together with Him in the heavenly places far above all, so on and so forth. Well, anyhow, I read that scripture and the Holy Spirit bore witness to my spirit and said, Look at Romans 5, 8. And I said, Okay. And I said, Lord, this great love wherewith you love me. And Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love, or God introduced us to his love. Okay, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That word commendeth means he introduced us. I said, I want to get to know this love, Father. He said, well, now look at this. You want to get to know it? I'm going to introduce you to it right now. God introduced us to his love when he sent Jesus to die for us. God showed His great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us. He says, think about that for a while. I says, okay, I'll meditate on that. You love me so much, you sent Jesus to die for me. While I was a sinner. Don't forget that. While I was a sinner. In other words, while I was, you know, unregenerate, while I was in spiritual darkness, while I was doomed for hell, while I was obnoxious, and, and so on and so forth. You could just say, I was a wretch. I was this. I was that. I was everything you could possibly name. Humanity. I speak of humanity. Humanity was separated from God. Humanity was going to hell. Humanity deserved to go to hell. We weren't worth anything. We were liars, cheats, murderers, covetous, etc., 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 etc. While I was like that, you introduced me, introduced me to your love. Now, wait a minute. Just introduced us to it. Commended it commendeth it. He introduced us to this great love wherewith He loved us when Jesus died. I says, okay, I see Jesus sitting at the right hand. I see it from the beginning. I see here I am down here just terrible. I hate you and so on and so forth and everybody else hates God. Nobody is looking for God. God looked down upon the face of the world and everybody had turned you know, to wickedness and evil. Every man's heart was evil, everything that he thought about. And I said within myself, well, blessed be God. Jesus said, you know, the Father looked over Jesus and said to Him, 
I love them. I love them. You've got to go for me. I love them so much, you've got to give up your glory. You've got to go to the earth. You've got to live as a man. You see, the Bible says he stripped himself of, of all that glory. He came and humbled himself as a man who was obedient to the cross, even the death of the cross. It meant he had to be spit upon. He had to be crowned with thorns. And I just begin to think about that. I begin to meditate on that. He died there, the terrible death upon Calvary's cross. He was back was striped for me. And then I said, and then I knew he had to suffer the torments of hell. The lowest pit. And I, I sat there in that chair and I just said, you're introducing me to your love? Greater love hath no man than this. You love me so much. Greater love hath no man than this. The Father himself loveth you. I love you so much I sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You want me to understand that with my peanut brain? You want me to grab a hold in my head that you love me so much? Lord, I don't know what the lowest pit of hell is. Lord, I was never in the lowest caverns of hell. I was not in there. I didn't suffer there. I, 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 mean, I know it has to be the worst thing ever was, but Jesus was, took my place. He was my substitute. And I, I said, you're introducing, just introducing me to your love? You love me that much that you did that for me? He said, yeah, but read the next three words. And I about fell off the chair. How much more? Romans 5, 9. How much more being justified by His blood shall He deliver or save us? And I just sat there. If you'll finish Ephesians 2, it says... But God, who is rich in mercy, 2-4, for His great love wherewith He loved us, this great love wherewith He loved us, even while I was a sinner, dead in sins, you see, hath He quickened us together, this great love. I mean, great love. I want you to get a hold of that. It was great love that saved you. And raised us up to sit together with Him in heavenly places. Now listen. He said, now read the next verse. That in the ages to come, He might show you what is the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. You only introduced me to your love when Jesus died. And now you say that I am cleansed by His blood. You want to show me what is the exceeding riches of your grace. It was the grace that saved us. For by grace are you saved. But now, in these ages, He wants to show us what is the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards me, exceeding. And I said, wow. 
Wow. He loveth me that much? He loveth me that much? The Father God loves me that much? That love of God is shed abroad in my heart? And then I began to understand what Paul said in the third chapter. When he said, For this cause I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in your inward man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length and breadth and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto Him that is able to do, say the one word, exceeding, that He might show what is the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness. When? When I comprehend what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height of His love for me, when I realize that this great love that sent Jesus to the cross now that I'm born again, now that the blood has been shed, this great love and grace and mercy and kindness is being exceedingly poured out upon me. And I realize that and I know how much He loves me. It makes my spirit man get so strengthened with His might. Glory to God that my faith just goes right into action. You can hardly stand. You can hardly stand it. Oh, it's being poured out like that to me. Wow. Oh, does our peanut brain comprehend? No, you can't. you got to get it in your heart. He said He loves me that much. He said He loves me so much. And I don't know where people get these things about God's characteristics. Beloved, if you knew how much God loved you, people don't know what it costs to send Jesus, do they? Do you think for a moment that this great loving God who showed mercy and grace and kindness towards you and I, who was so merciful to send Jesus to hell for you and I, this great God now wants to put something on you, like sickness and disease and calamity and all this garbage upon you, because He's showing you the exceeding riches of His grace? No, no, not for a minute. And I begin to think on God's greatness. I begin to think upon His goodness. See, I, I begin to stop to think about how much He really loves me. I, I, let's look at... Look at uh, I don't have, you don't have to look at it. I'll quote it to you. Jude, the 20th verse. He wants you to get this love so full inside your spirit. Get it developed so much inside your spirit. This great love developed inside your spirit. He said, but you, beloved, building up your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves, listen to this, the word keep there means to guard against injury or harm. See, some of these words, they don't, they don't give us the right translation here of what's being said. Listen to this. 
you beloved, building up your what? Most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, charging up, keep yourselves, listen, protecting or guarding yourself against injury in the love of God. The same word keep is found in 1 John 5.18 where he said, Whosoever is born of God keepeth himself, guards himself from injury, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Okay? He keeps himself. Keeping yourselves from injury and from harm in the what? In the what? In the love of God. I begin to realize, stop to think about how much that love means to me and how much he means to me. I begin to realize that that love is so outpouring to me that I, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, you can't imagine it and you're, you can't reason it out. I can't give you words. But I know on the inside, something on the inside, my spirit man knows that this love, I don't care, I, I knew this a long time ago. You couldn't tell me that, that Jesus put cancer on anybody. You couldn't tell me that he put sickness or disease on anybody. You couldn't tell me that he did any calamity to anybody. I wouldn't believe for a minute that anybody got in a car accident or anything happened to them because it came from God. I just read an article that I, dear God, I just pray. That person said, that this person had a terrible accident. She says it was God's love that allowed it. You know what that does right here? Now I just start to shout and say, Glory to God, Father, I know what is the, the, the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of your love for me. If you'll go to the extreme of sending Jesus Christ of Nazareth to die for me, then dear God in heaven, I know that it's your love that I could stay in and be protected. I know that. I know that even without Scripture, I knew on the inside, my spirit man bore witness with the fact that God's not like that. My Father God's not like that. I knew it. I knew it. But it was learning to get it from the inside to the outward man. That's where faith comes in. You want to keep your faith ready and energized to be used in a mighty way? Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself there. Stay there. Stay in that love of God. I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to go ahead of myself. Go back to Mark eleven twenty four. This is the prayer of faith. Do you know you use this, you use this prayer for healing? Oh, I'm sorry, you use this prayer for salvation? You know Paul said to use this prayer for salvation? This is exactly, the prayer you pray for salvation is the prayer of faith. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe what? Well, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart, did you believe you received Him? May I ask you this, please, and bear witness in your spirit what I'm saying. Have you received? It says you shall have. Do you have the end of that yet? I mean the end of it. I'm talking about the manifestation do you? Yes or no? Well, are you in glory? Is you, you have a glorified body? It says you shall receive, believe you receive, you shall have. 
right? Now, if, if you uh, have a glorified body, and it, that's why, why do you think Romans says that you're waiting for the manifestation of what? Of the sons of God. No, it's not manifested yet. I have received eternal life, but it is not in full manifestation. That's what I'm saying to you. All right? And that won't be full manifestation until you get off in the glory. And you have your new body, your glorified body. Isn't that right? Isn't that the, the completion of the seed of life inside your spirit? Isn't that right? Isn't that how it works? All right, you receive a seed into your spirit man for healing. It's the same way. It works the same way. I believe I receive. He said, you shall have. Now, if you were to continue to protect that seed in your heart for salvation, you're going to end up with salvation. If you continue to protect that seed or keep that seed in your heart, okay? Now, let's, let's go to Philippians 4th chapter. I want to show you something here. That's not the only thing that was said about prayer. That was said about prayer, but there's more. Paul says something about prayer. Jesus said this about prayer. Paul said this about prayer in Philippians, the, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> Verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, with prayer, by prayer and supplication, with what? Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which what? All what? Shall what? Shall what? Say that word again. Now, now, it shall keep. Write this down. To keep watch in advance. To mount guard. To post spies. Okay? Listen. To guard in advance. To protect, to watch, to be watchful in advance. To mount guard. To post spies. Okay? You got, po you got spies posted around your what? Heart. Listen to this. If you were to... Follow these steps. Number one, don't worry. Number two, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's the prayer of faith, with what? Thanksgiving. If you were to let your request be made known unto God, pray the prayer of faith, believe you receive, and thank you, dear Father God, then the peace of God that passes your... Your what? Because you see, beloved, your mind, you know, faith doesn't come out of your mind. Faith comes out of your heart. I don't care what doctrine is going around. Faith comes out of your spirit. That peace will, and I'll prove it to you right here in the scripture. Verse 7. The peace of God that passes understanding shall post spies around your heart and what? He used the word heart there. He wasn't referring to both, was he? He's referring to the spirit. It'll post spies. Keep thy heart with all diligence. 
The peace of God will rule and act as an umpire around your heart so that when you have released your faith and believe that you have received from God, that peace of God will let you know in advance if something has come to destroy the Word out of your heart. It will let you know in advance. The spies will tell in advance. Here comes doubt. Here comes fear. Guilt. Condemnation. Here they come. They're coming around. They're trying to destroy the Word out of your heart. Jesus said it would happen. The devil would come. Mark 4. To steal the word, affliction, trials, etc., etc. They're coming around. But you know what? You understand how the word works. It's in my spirit. It's been, I understand it. I know how it works. I receive it into my spirit. Now I'm keeping it there. How? I'm letting the peace of God act as an umpire inside my heart. I believe I've received my healing. And here comes doubt. Ha! Ah, I caught it in advance. Before it got to my spirit and tried to pull that seed out. I, I rebuked it in the name of Jesus and it left. Oh, there comes guilt and condemnation. My spirit told me. That peace told me. So I said, fear, condemnation, doubt. Leave in Jesus' name and it left. I protected my heart. I protected the word in my heart by protecting my heart. Keep yourselves in the love of God by staying in the love of God. When you are in the love of God, all the fruit that's in that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, that's that peace of God that's garrisoned about around your heart to let you know in advance that here comes trouble. And that seed will come to fruition. You can close that tape now. I'm ready to preach now. Oh, glory to things you're supposed to say to be saved. No one will argue that. You wouldn't get anybody to argue that. What are you supposed to say to be saved? What are you supposed to believe to be saved? If thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, if thou shalt confess Jesus as Lord, if you will say that he is the Lord and the precious Savior of your life, and if you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Now, wait a minute. Does not the same Bible tell you what to say and what to believe in prayer? What are you to say? Well, it depends on what you want. But Jesus said, believe, take Mark 11, 23 and 24. If it's prayer, see, there are certain things that it tells you to actually pray and say. For, for, when I say salvation, I'm saying being born again. Let me give you a good example right now. Um, We've got many people here. If I were to say to anyone here, if you believe that Jesus is a prophet and confess him as a prophet, you'll be saved. You say, get that guy off that pulpit. You can't be saved by believing him as a prophet. If you were to say, uh, Jesus is a good teacher, I believe he was a fine teacher. Or I believe he existed. I believe he lived on this earth. I believe he was a fantastic teacher. You would not get saved. You would not get born again. But if you were to meditate on this fact, God sent him to die for your sins. He loved you so much that he took upon himself your sin nature. He died and paid the price for you and was raised up from the dead. And if you'll confess that he is the Lord and the Savior of your life with your mouth and believe inside your heart that he was raised from the dead by God's almighty power, then thou shalt be saved. Why? Because with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Isn't that right? Now. You want a prayer answered? 
Why can I believe that? But not believe that Jesus actually said with his own lips. If you want your prayer answered, believe that you receive the answer and you shall have it. Why can I believe that? He told me to believe I received whatever I asked for. When I prayed. Did he not? I was, he was specific in salvation. Father, I asked you to heal me. Faith can only believe in the Word of God. The Word says, by his tribe, some healed. Therefore, I believe that when I prayed, I received my healing. And what happened? Ye shall have it. But protect it in your heart. And continue to say what he said to say. If you believe that what you're saying is going to come to pass, you'll have what you say. So, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Now, that's what he's saying to us. That's what he's saying to us. See, that's how the Word works. I've got faith. I've got God's faith. I know how the Word works. I understand it in my heart. There's nothing left, beloved, but to do it. Do what? Start saying, believing, and acting. Saying what? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the temple of the living God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.